0: give me a second my freaking audacity just blew up on me
1: no you're kidding that can't it's be true always glenn it's always glenn. it's always glenn hello my friends recording thank you for joining us for the pebcac podcast a weekly information security show featuring some all around good people it is week 31 of 2023 and i'm back from vacation and extremely tanned with me i have my co-host the cloud god who just celebrated his 50th birthday congratulations brian and may i say you don't look a day over 49 (laughs) man
2: why are you trying what's that called why are you swatting me bro (laughs) 50 years old geez you guys are killing me uh but yes thank you for remembering although i don't think you actually remembered and uh you do not look any more tan than you normally do so you're just like a like an uncooked chicken which you look like my friend this For the 50... record, I did remember, Listen,
1: and I, I was the first one in the group chat to send you a happy birthday message.
0: Yeah. Does 50 t- feel any better, than, any different than 40 or 30?
2: Well, so considering I'm not 50 yet, you know, It's kind man. of
0: funny, because of, of the three of us in the group, you probably look the oldest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It's because, just wait till you hit 65.
0: Oh, yeah that's yeah, that's totally fall gone. off a cliff. No, 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 no. I told you it's 72 and then it looks like I fell off Seven, a cliff. Oh. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah you'd be looking like you're 200. <laughs> so And but Yes, thank you for the happy birthday wishes, boys. I appreciate it.
1: And we have Glenn Medina taunting us with more pictures from his backyard pool
2: it's fun times
0: it's uh like 90 and 100 degrees and the pool's about 93 92 on average so why wouldn't i taunt you guys
1: Sure. So, and in full disclosure glenn has invited me over i just haven't made the trek up there
0: yeah yeah i invited
2: everybody it's kind of needy i invited everybody like a high school girlfriend <laughs> he's like come chris bring the kids i'll cook i'm gonna have we can have so much i time. don't know how much more of an invitation is- you need
0: right? <laughs>
2: I'm to, the, I'm to the point where I'm like, I'll just drive and go visit them. Right? I you know it's like 13 hours, but why yeah,
0: not? Yeah, why not?
2: In all fairness, though, I don't know, know how you even get in the pool when it's that warm. I I have the same kind of setup, right? It's just, it's hot. It feels like bath water. I'm just in the backyard shooting pigeons. <laughs> my neighbors actually asked me to kill some pigeons for them, too, because they got the same bird. I was like, I think they just left my house and sat on your house now. But I, I think I killed like 13 one night. It was pretty fun.
1: You remember what the Joker said?
2: What did the Joker say? Probably not. He says, if
1: you're good at something, never do it for free.
0: Oh, Uh, that's a good one.
2: I'm really good at holding people captive with my low self-esteem. So how do I charge for that? New business model. (laughs) New business
0: model. That's why you are the chief evangelist.
2: That's what I do. (laughs) Although that, that part doesn't come out, you know, I did two whiskey tasting events in the last couple of weeks. So much fun. Oh yeah. Like, but you know, the funny part is like, I don't, I don't drink very often. So I, I always like do the cheers on camera and then people get to see the facial expression <laughs> of me trying to download this gasoline into my, in my body. It's just, it's terrible. But you know, what's messed up is I think we did a, we did a partnership with another uh, big company. And so we had like a hundred people register thirty seven showed up that that is terrible and I don't think I think sending out the the sample for you know uh unlabeled versions of, of of whiskey out there it's not can't be free that's that's terrible yeah people got their so, free drinks and then show up That's yeah, a certain
1: conversion rate yeah I'm, I'm sure the marketing has the metrics and that they have to hit
2: do you think thirty seven it seems like it's pretty low though you think it'd be probably be higher than at least for whiskey you think it'd be like fifty percent yeah
1: Pro tip, if you don't want to actually drink the whiskey, just
2: substitute it for apple juice and no one would be able to tell. No, I need to slur my word. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, man. I'll just do that next time.
1: No guess this week. Combine, we have decades of information security experience and are here not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for you this week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This week's episode is brought to you by The Umbrella Corporation. Our business <laughs> is life itself.
2: Umbrella. We've we've made it big, guys. That's right. We don't know who's umbrella,
0: but we've got umbrella.
2: Nobody's putting down our sponsors. Damn it, Glenn. We finally got one. <laughs> one last programming note. Apparently, Podbean hates the
1: M4A format, which is a format I normally export the podcast in. And I had to convert every episode from M4A to MP3 and re-upload every episode, so our Spotify feed may have been a little weird <laughs>
2: for a <few> days. <laughs> But everything should be working fine now. If you spot anything, I don't know odd, if anyone actually cares. If you spot anything
1: odd, please do let us know so we can get it fixed. Other than that, I think our migration to Podbean
2: is complete. Great job. Doing the Most hard work workers. behind the scenes.
1: The funny thing is when I imported our podcast into Podbean, there's a little checkbox that says convert M4A to MP3. And there was no context around it. I'm like, well, I like M4A. That's a little bit higher quality than, than MP3. So I didn't check it. And then it turns out Spotify will only ingest the feed from Podbean if it's an MP3 format. So had I checked the box, it would have saved myself a heck of a lot of work. Dang. What a loser. Man, you're so dumb.
0: Why did not you do that to begin with? I don't understand.
1: Well, MP3 is inferior to M4A, so I didn't want to degrade the
2: audio for our listeners. Mm. But now I have to because Today I learned there's a Spotify M4A. Did you guys even know that was it? well, obviously Chris did. It's
0: what your iDevices, yeah, your Apple, Apple devices, These,
2: I yeah, edit the podcast on a Mac. Is it really? I thought it was like I thought they used like ACC or something. That's
1: a different one. AF AIFF. That's the lossless format. But that would be a gig if I uploaded the podcast in lossless.
0: Do you, do you think for 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 those listeners that are out there, and I, I probably need to ask this: is you know, from an audio podcast track, it's just audio, just voice. We're not singing. We're not doing any of that stuff. Is it really a big difference between M4A and MP4? mp3 you mean
1: mp4 is a video format. yeah me. M-
0: yeah i mean mp yeah mp3 whatever yeah
1: generally not i mean even i export it in the medium setting because spoken word you don't need it to be as high quality but i just figured if it's already high quality why degrade it and now we have to because gotcha. spotify only really ingest it that way
0: so for our listeners out there if the first 100 or 120 podcasts are in a uh higher quality i guess per se right so into the archives they go at high quality
2: i'll tell you what we'll bring some 808s into the podcast that way you'll need to have that that higher quality Eight oh eight, the area
1: code for I, hawaii no they're like the like drum is that the beer hey, you lost us right i Brian. don't know what you're talking <laughs> about yeah <laughs> Well, Podbean has been giving us some interesting analytics. No surprise, the top country for our listeners is the U.S. Second, I never would have guessed this, but our second most listened-to country is Spain. So, hola, espana
2: Let's let's on? go record in Spain. We got to do it for the listeners. Do it.
0: Let's go. Let's go. I'm game.
1: Lastly, I received an unsolicited email to my account that according to podcast analytics service podstatus.com, the PebCac podcast is the 10th most popular technology podcast in Kazakhstan.
2: Which is amazing because there's only two podcasts in all of Kazakhstan. <laughs> so. I don't know how to say hello in
1: Kazakh, but hello to our listeners out there in Kazakhstan.
2: So I, I was reading the show notes. I was like, "Oh, I'll figure it out." So I you know Googled it and like it's I don't even know what these letters are, right? So then I was like, "How do you pronounce this?" And I listened to it like ten times. I gave up. I'm sorry. I, I thought Chris is just being lazy. It's impossible. Whatever they are saying, it is not it doesn't roll off the old English tongue. Is it like Hyundai? Hyundai.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> this week we're going to talk about summer travel and BYOD policies. The US intelligence community getting it right. For our third topic, metadata can save the day. And close with Florida man talk. For our first topic, HelpNet Security conducted a survey, which is very timely, about the summer travel season and BYOD corporate policies. By BYOD, that means when people travel, they typically don't carry their corporate laptop, so they access corporate data using their own devices. Here are some highlights. 55% of employees admit to relying solely on their mobile devices while working from vacation. 25% claim they're not concerned about ensuring network connections are secure when accessing company data. 12% use a VPN when traveling and working remotely. 38% neglected to notify their employers when they're working from a new location, so that could potentially cause issues there are some services out there that says if an employee moves similar to your credit card like if you normally spend all your money in california and all of a sudden you show up in texas well that's a red flag and they flag your credit card so notifying your employer of potential travel might potentially unblock real access. quick
2: on yeah on that note before you, you rattle it all off I, I called i think amex to let them know we're doing some traveling out of the country. They're like, yeah, we already know. You don't have to tell us. I'm like, holy <laughs> crap! Like, that's pretty cool. They're like, we just gather enough information based off of like, you know, the stuff that you booked. That you're just going to be out of town anyway, so we'll we'll assume that it's legitimate. You don't have to tell us that you're going out of country. That's like, you don't have to authorize AI that. That's kind of ML crazy. AI and ML working overtime. Yeah, I was pretty impressed, but then I was like, what happened though? Like, that's great for American Express, but like, usually, pretty you take you know, maybe a Visa or Mastercard. So you definitely have to call them because you didn't book it with those cards. You always have to have a kind of a a backup. But anyways, nonetheless, Amex doing the leveraging uh, AI, making life good.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. Using using that to combat fraud. Exactly. And the last stat here, 45% of employees in the US and the UK said no specific measures were taken to educate and remind employees on security best practices when you travel during the summer. So really no surprise there. I don't think companies put a lot of focus on. It's securing people while they travel. They just tell them to take their time off.
0: Yeah. So when I worked at Symantec a while back, um, it was just kind of when Coat got acquired by Symantec. It was funny because they had an office of, you know, the, the, the office of security, the CISO's office, and you could tell them they, they had a proactive, like, hey, you can let us know where you're going, and we can tell you some of the, you know, cyber things that you should be concerned about but we'll also talk to you about the physical security things that you should worry about in those countries i thought that was a great um program because you know if you tell them you're traveling to south america they could tell you things that are happening over there i i thought that was a cool program i don't know if any other companies are doing things like that
1: i i at companies i worked at they've never taught us about the so-called evil maid attack that if you leave your corporate laptop in the hotel room, put a piece of hair in between the hinge. And then if the hair is gone, you know, somebody went through your stuff and that's sort of like infosec 101 type OPSEC stuff. But I, I've never had formal training on that.
2: Yeah. So when I travel, I always, I don't want people in the room. I'm like, I'm not that dirty. They need to have it cleaned every day. And I bought like a, a, a little modem that can connect to the Wi-Fi and then bridge together that stuff. That way I could bring in a, wise camera that actually has the pan tilt and zoom and i put it in the room and i always like leave it on the door like don't enter and every once in a while they come into the room and then i have to go downstairs and be like hey i have the sign it says don't enter the room and here's your person wandering in my in my room as soon as they see the camera they immediately just they drop trail and yeah. get the heck out of there yeah they bolt well they, t- do they t- yeah, typically do when you confront them with that Oh, we're sorry. Sure that they were just probably making sure that everybody was okay in the room. It's like, I'm like, yeah, but I don't want, like, don't disturb. Like, don't come in here. Like,
0: You should put like a big, like a pop-up banner or a poster of you yeah. wearing your yeah. frame, <laughs> looming over them with your junk hanging
2: out. <laughs> there you go. I might just get like the old shack cardboard cut out, right? And there that, like, you go. Standing right there. That'd be great. Yeah
0: or you could put like white noise of someone snoring in the room so they open it and they go uh-oh and they turn right back around.
2: There is a What's funny though when they do come in it's it's usually like 5 minutes after I've left the room. Mm. It's never been like a couple of hours, right? It's like, just how like did I they think know? it's like I yeah, had like I think they watched me leave. They went in there knowing full well.
0: I like my room being refreshed. It's uh it's part of the service. I like my towels refreshed. Um I like my room clean. Just, if, if there's anything in there to steal, they can have it because really there's nothing of importance that I have that, that I have to be concerned about, too concerned about, let's put it that way.
1: Ryan might know this because he you watched that special about the shooting that happened in Las Vegas, but it ha- that happened at, at Mandalay. And then I remember it was Steve Wynn who owns the Wynn and the Encore Hotels. And he, he said that this never would have happened at the Wynn because at the Wynn... In Encore, we have a policy that if a guest keeps their privacy sign on for more than twenty-four hours, we have to do like a wellness check, and we will go in there. So maybe that's what they're doing, Brian. They just make sure you didn't pass out in the room and they are just laying on the
2: floor. Uh, so this was before the shooting because I used to do this before, and it was always California. That was always the number one place. That uh, Vegas, they didn't do that to me. They never, they never violated my privacy there. Um, yeah, it was always San Francisco is where I would have people wandering around in my room. Those San Franciscans, which is great.
1: Anti-privacy measures.
2: Fun fact.
0: Isn't uh, that the bastard that has that bastard shirt on that's inside this room? Yeah. (laughs) Let's go find him.
2: Pro tip when you're traveling and you're bringing this, this, uh, portable webcam that moves along the room and you know does the pan tilt and zoom just cover it like when you're getting ready to jump in the shower and whatever <laughs> you're, you're recording yourself walking around naked in the room brian yeah like like bigfoot right just knuckles dragging walking around
0: you know what we could do brian was probably a good idea i just i just realized we didn't do this maybe you could put a link to the device that does the bridge for the wi-fi network that would pretty be pretty cool to share with our listeners Maybe they don't understand the tech, but if you had a, a link to the model or the device that you had, we could uh, share that with our with our listeners. Yeah, it's think? like a
1: travel. I, I think it's called a travel router. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, travel router and then yeah. some kind of PTZ camera. But Yeah, we'll, we'll link through it if Brian remembers to share it with us. <laughs> I think real hard. I'm, I
2: almost wonder if the one I have is like the UI is almost entirely in Chinese. So there's that well, that. well, that's real secure, Brian. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I never would have been able to figure that one out. For our second
1: topic, this story is out of the news cycle, but I still thought it was pretty interesting. For those of you living under a rock, you may not have heard that the Wagner Group, or in Russia, I think it's called the Wagner Group, a paramilitary group in Russia, attempted a coup to overthrow Vladimir Putin after Putin allegedly massacred a number of Wagner encampments. Wagner Group is a major force providing much-needed support to the Russian army during their invasion of Ukraine. The leader of the Wagner Group, Yevgeny Prigozhin, started a march to Moscow before Belarus intervened and brokered a peace deal. However, there was one group that knew about this attempted coup ahead of time, the U.S. intelligence community. Apparently, the Wagner Group's information security policies were so lax, the U.S. spy agencies were able to intercept communications and learn about the attempted coup a full month before that it happened. The context of the intercepts were that the U.S. officials were concerned about the fate of the Russian nuclear weapons stockpile if Putin was ousted from office and the prospects of a civil war. It does not look like the U.S. did anything directly to influence the coup in support or against Putin here.
2: Just interesting that we
1: allegedly knew before it happened.
2: So how lax was it? Was it just like an, an office memo that, on a you know, printed out on a piece of paper that they just happened to stumble across? I don't, I don't know. I've I've heard reports
1: that the Wagner Group's IT security practices are so poor it's it's like walking into a and your average company in the 2000s, completely flat network, you get into one computer, you can access the entire network, every server, just entirely flat. So you can think of the NSA just has to compromise one computer and they can get access to everything.
2: I, I love that they're just like, it's so lax that even the US was able to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait a second. It's kind of a, I don't know if I uh, I feel like that was like, a, it's it's kind of a a defeat disguised as a compliment.
0: So, th- there's another concept about this as well. I don't know if you guys saw this, but they're 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 thinking that that all is staged, that they're trying to all assemble in what is Belarus that? in in Belarus in order to get the fifty thousand troops there in order to run a run an attack from from the north into Kiev. So I don't know if you guys subscribe to that theory. What is
1: interesting? So to counter Brian's. Point earlier is that their security policies are so lax that even the U.S. intelligence were able to find it. I'm more surprised that the Russian FSB and the GRU, so their own military intelligence units, did not catch it. <laughs> or you put on the tinfoil, like like Glenn said, this the FSB and GRU knew about it and they allowed it to happen so that they can amass in Belarus and take Kiev from the north.
0: Yeah, I mean, are they that off? Like I said, I don't know. Go ahead, Brian.
2: Uh, anything to do with Russia or Ukraine is scroll past. I don't even look at it anymore. I'm just <laughs> like, ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> we want that $6 billion back. I, uh, you know, yeah. I have some thoughts on it. Nothing IT related, so we'll just keep our mouths shut.
1: But apparently, though, the Wagner group has disbanded. Progosian is in exile in Belarus. Allegedly, he had a face to face meeting with Putin, and hopefully he bought some better security i guess kaspersky they're pretty much the only ones the russians can buy now
2: don't you think that the wagner group would probably be better off instead of doing like it security like selling steak sounds like that'd be i'd buy a steak from them where'd you get that <laughs> from the ribeye the wagner group yeah they got the best steaks man it's funny you bring
1: that up so evgeny Prigozhin, his nickname is putin's chef and it's because Prigozhin, before he got into paramilitary operations, he was a caterer. He had a number of catering businesses.
2: Oh, you don't say. I like it. That's right.
0: And then he had the restaurants and then it was a state, you know, like I said, yeah, it was, uh, that's an interesting rise to fame. It's a
1: interesting pivot from catering to paramilitary operations.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: All right, guys, quick question. All expense paid trip. To Russia or Ukraine or both, you can leave for a month. Would you guys do it?
0: For why? Yeah, I definitely like, would not go
1: to Russia. They jail Americans on Trump. No, no, charges. you
2: you can't go to jail. <laughs> you just go there. Would you get? Would you go check it out? <laughs> I think the
0: concept of jail is associated with going to Russia right now for Americans, regardless. All right. So, so
1: <laughs> if if I had something like the equivalent of diplomatic immunity and there's no chance I would ever get arrested. I think it'd be a nice place to visit. My parents actually went to St. Petersburg before all this stuff happened. And it was, it was on a, I think it was a Viking cruise and they went to a cruise in St. Petersburg. And the comment my parents made were they were being watched everywhere they go from the dock of the cruise ship to I don't know what the landmarks are in Saint Petersburg, but they visited a couple, and they said, "Yeah, there were people following them and people keeping tabs on where these Americans were going." But they said it was a nice city, other than being watched all the time.
0: What well, what era? What year was that, Chris? Because that's either pre ninety or post ninety, before twenty twenty fifteen, right? You've got different eras of I would of say control. probably
1: ten years ago, so pre twenty fifteen. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, it was relatively stable, but it's still a, 100% it was a surveillance state. But I heard it's nice. Go go to the Black Sea, go to the beach resorts out there. Western Ukraine is... Right now, the weather is Eastern, way better. Half Western. To yeah, Western Ukraine is probably okay. The side that faces the Czech Republic and not the side that's currently getting invaded is is probably okay right now. But uh, again, Why? <laughs>
2: Wait a second, so we're so Ukraine is invading Russia now? The, the oh how the turntables. <laughs> You're laughing about it. This is a serious question. Are they actually invading I thought Russia was invading Ukraine. Yeah. You're saying Ukraine's invading Russia now?
1: No, no, Russia's invading eastern Ukraine right now because they share the eastern border with Russia. So western okay, Ukraine never mind. I missed is it. probably okay yeah. on the side that faces the Czech Republic, although a lot of the refugees are heading
2: in that direction. Are we still on the whole, you're just going to go visit Russia, not Ukraine, take advantage of both? Yeah. Okay. Why would you go, Brian? Probably. Why not, right? Go check it out. Get get hands and feet and find, try to figure out, you know, gauge the temperature of everyone over there, figure out what's actually going on.
1: No, with the way you look, Brian, you, you'll probably accidentally get conscripted into the army. <laughs> this dude's on on either side like, this dude's a military side <laughs> he looks like he's a fighter <laughs> you're not allowed <laughs> to leave sorry Brian <laughs> oh you're here to kill yeah all right let's go
0: i'm good this one part of the world where i don't necessarily need to go or go visit not,
1: not until so. it's at least a little more stable
0: I I, yeah, I I don't know even if it was stable i probably don't i have no inkling or inclination to go visit that that part of the world
2: I, I do. I think as soon as I'm done working, I'm going to figure out, like, I just want to travel, and if I can go somewhere on a, on a visa, just figure out what I can max that thing out at, and just go there and uh-huh. stay six months or a year, just, like, really get immersed in it and have a good time. Yeah, Prague was oh. beautiful in the Czech Republic. I would highly recommend if you want to visit
1: somewhere in that region, Prague is really, really nice. I heard you want to go to Amsterdam, too, you little druggie. <laughs> <laughs> never been there brian never been
2: there <laughs> yeah
0: yeah see I, I spent a lot of time in my youth like in my younger 20s in europe so i'm
1: good that's true you you did get to stay in germany which is near the czech republic
2: you were yeah. you stormed the beach in Normandy, right yeah that was me. yeah, good. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got flashbacks yeah. watching
1: save it Pri- saving private ryan for our third topic the uk gchq intelligence agency is requesting access to internet logs in real time to prevent financial fraud among other things they get super interesting because it's something that ai and ml can do today if it's trained properly gchq is requesting access to metadata logs to see if a particular organization or endpoint is doing something suspicious like phoning home to a known botnet command and control server, and accessing a financial banking website at the same time. So if that happens, there's a high likelihood that the endpoint is compromised and someone's bank account is about to be drained. I'm currently reading a book called Fancy Bear Goes Fishing" and it goes into detail of why payload inspection was never built into the internet to do things like this. If you think of the US post office or the post office of any country, there's just no possible way every piece of mail can be opened and scanned for malicious content before being delivered to the intended recipient. I'm lucky enough if the letter even shows up undamaged. The same thing is true for the internet. It was never designed with security in mind, and the internet's plumbing was not designed to inspect every packet and email for malicious content. But GCHQ thinks that parsing the metadata can at least give a hint and notify organizations that they may be compromised. The EFF donor in me says the government should not be spying on its citizens. But if it can be done in a way to look for cybercrime and not be used for any extraneous intelligence gathering, then it should be fine
2: gdpr shows up hold my beer like this ain't happening on my dime like how like i don't understand how that's going to happen or does it not apply to gchq intelligence
1: well they're part of the uk so technically they're not part of the eu
0: but Ah, what's to stop anyone from putting a tap on on the backbone itself right i mean it's it's free it's it's part of the public internet Right, You just have to be able to tap that in there as opposed to just getting the logs themselves. What's the difference?
1: I think the difference right. is being able to identify who the source is because you can get an IP address, but you need basically subpoena power to figure out who owns that IP. Well, I, I guess that's also public too because if this AS block belongs to you know, Hewlett Packard, well, you know it's somebody in Hewlett Packard that's compromised, but Hewlett Packard's got yeah. like, 65,000 employees. So who do you who inside here has been compromised.
0: So, so they want to go to the, the ISPs themselves to get the logs. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah.
1: So they want to pass a law that the ISPs will share this metadata. So it's not like net flow data. It's not like point to point packet capture or anything crazy like that. It's just metadata. And we want to know if something odd's going on. Like I'm talking to a command and control center at the same time, I'm talking to my bank because that's, that's a huge red
2: flag. I wonder if people in the, in the UK look at privacy and, and government control the same way as we do in the U.S., which is like every new law that's put into place is all about more control and, and less for the people. So I wonder if you look at this or you're like, oh, yeah, we should allow this to happen. Or if there's some naysayers on that side of the business, like, no, no, no. We give them an inch to take a mile. Yeah, it starts off as meta- metadata today. Then they'll have kind of another reason to grab even more information the next time around. Like just kind of baby stepping into it. Do you remember when we had guy on the show,
1: he talked about in Israel, there's there's no such thing as privacy. It's not ours to own and that's the culture they have there. And he said when he came to the US, it was crazy that how much we value our privacy here, we have something called the Fourth Amendment here that prevents unreasonable search and seizures. like no, nothing like that exists in Israel and that's just not the culture there. So I'm
0: not sure where the UK
1: falls in on that spectrum. I think they're more on the you don't have privacy. Side. But
0: I, I think they, they do that as a as a lesson learned from them from, you know, what happened in you know, the past, right? So, let, you know, from the idea that if you give privacy, then, you know, you can have these little factions, whereas if it's open and the government can't seize that information, then, you know, there's no there's no thought that there could be, you know, terrorist actions and stuff like that happening on their property or in their grounds, right, or on their land,
2: Fight it, everyone. Don't give in. Don't it's, a it's a balance. It's a balance. It's a balance. And I agree. I,
0: I, I am in total agreement with you. I like the idea like corporations should have the ability to look in employee logs. But when it comes to a private citizenship, you know, or citizenry, y- y- people need their privacy. Like, no, absolutely not. You don't need any of that metadata, right?
1: And that, that's why Mozilla was so pushing so hard and i think cloudflare as well pushing so hard for dns over https the the doh protocol cuz that that would obfuscate a lot of this and i'm i'm guessing the metadata logs is going to be a lot based on dns logs too so if everybody switches to doh it makes it that much harder to surveil
0: it's it's the good and bad it's the hey how can we use this for the better of good but you know that there's going to be a certain percentage of people that are going to turn what you're supposed to do you know, legally into something that's criminal, criminal in, in action or intent, right? Just like chat rooms. Chat rooms were never meant to be a way to... Good old you know, IRC. Yeah, communicate, you know, for terrorist communication, but it ended up being that way, right? As opposed to just, you know, people getting together from from locations far and wide and and being able to collaborate.
2: Sometimes you do have to wonder though, like when they when they when they're suggesting things, is they are they suggesting this because that gives them the the end to do it, you know what I mean? Like or if it, like take DNS over HTTPS, like really what was the intent on that? Like we we look at it as a, a better way of securing and, and obfuscating what we're doing, but is there maybe some type of backdoor that's in there that we just don't understand and know about yet? It's like we used to do with like the export ciphers for the U S government, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know Crypto I mean?
1: AG. We, we intentionally crippled the cryptography when we knew it'd be sent
2: to Iran or Syria. Yeah. I, uh, the other day I was talking with somebody at the gym and he was saying, uh, his sister and brother-in-law work for the NSA. And we were just talking about, you know, during COVID being over there in Washington, DC lockdowns. And he says he's got two nephews that he adores and they're 11 and 13 and the parents, number one, they're like, they're like, uh, you, if you have a Facebook, you should not even use your real name. This, that and I was like, okay. Number two, the kids, they don't have any social media and they even have a phone. And he's like, Hey, listen, i like, I have some old iPhones. I want to give to the kids. I like communicate with them because they're in DC. I'm here in Arizona. They're like, and the, the wife is like, there's no way in hell we're gonna run an Apple device in this house. So why? <laughs> like, so why are they more pro? Like I look at it, like if they're really pro Android, is it just because they can see in it? Because like I look at Apple being more secure, or is it the other way around? This NSA person is like, heck no! Like it's it's more vulnerable than we know. Like what side of the coin do you think that they're actually on?
1: I wish it's I could to be talk an interesting here. conversation to
2: have with Sam. We had when we had Sam on, and I I'm
1: putting my hat on as like an NSA analyst and the only reason I could see why they said we're never having an Apple device here is because either they know something like this project triangulation bug that they just closed. Either they know something or they know Apple is a very closed system. It's a very black box system. Like Android is open. Like we can tell what Android is doing. So if you use Android correctly, it could be more secure than iOS because we can see the code. We know exactly what everything's doing. And if you only download trusted apps or minimize the number of apps that you have on your phone, it could be more secure than,
2: than Apple. That's yeah. wild. Just based off, and I'll let you uh, chime in in a second, Glenn, but just based off of what we see, like from a mobile platform for like an APK versus iOS, like it's, just, it's exponentially way bigger. Uh, vulnerabilities yeah. that are out there compared but what do you think Len? well i, I just I, if i go back to you
0: know i i was i'm a former user of android many years ago and then you know now with apple i, I just like the fact that you know we talk about this a lot that apple's not there to consume my my
1: yeah my, they're not an ad company yeah my yeah Google my and facebook yeah. and amazon
0: Exactly. And then some of the things, some of the steps that they've gone through, like before, I, you know, turn on a VPN service, right, to, to, to hide or obfuscate where I'm coming from, you know, with IP relay now that really becomes, it's so cool. You know, you, you switch networks, you go Wi Fi, you go public, I go to Southwest Airlines, it's it's cool, because I see IP relay turn on IP relay turn off. And it just totally hides who I am. I could even turn on the email you know email office obfuscation so hide so that my way email. Yeah. yeah, hide my email. Those are cool things that I think i I love as a consumer, right um it makes it easy for me to consume and it makes it easy for me to hide myself, whereas if I am an employer or a corporation that is my worst nightmare like trying to figure out where my employees are and what i'm trying to accomplish with trying to make sure that the corporate data doesn't escape right so you've got two factions that are just like against odds at each other they just don't they just don't mix well together right and as like i said working for both or or being in both scenarios i see both sides but i'll be honest with you i i just i you know seeing android and what it's capable of no thanks like it is it is the wild, wild West as far as security is concerned.
2: I look at it through the same lens as, I guess as, as both of you and, and, and Chris specifically, maybe there is some sort of bug around iOS, but I, I wholeheartedly believe I think for this particular parent working for the NSA, it's about control, right? And I mm, think that yeah. if you hand a yeah. phone, an iPhone to an eleven or a 13 year old kid. You don't have the same level of control that you would with Android. I think that's the the lens that they're coming through. And uh and by your by the way, like the, the private IP relay and uh the the private address, I think every NAC company, or I should say every every organization that had NAC rolled out like kind of crapped their pants and that became like, uh-huh. why do we have fifteen thousand new devices on the network today, right? Like <laughs> <you> just... <laughs> Oops. Yeah. It's beautiful yeah, last but... last comment I want to
1: make before we move on to yeah. our last topic is i've I've heard in interviews uh, with with people in the intelligence community and they said you know for the vast spying apparatus that is the u s intelligence community with their enormous budgets from the defense department, they would kill to have just ten percent of the data that Facebook or Google has that people just freely give away to them they would kill to have just a sliver of that data because we give up so much of that data freely to Facebook and Google and Amazon and all those, those companies that, you know, the U S intelligence agencies is just working so hard to get
0: just a a fraction of that.
2: Yeah. It's amazing. Right.
0: It's like, I I sit there and I, I wonder sometimes about my kids because they, they post everything. And the only thing that I've taught them was like, Hey, don't post while we're on vacation. I don't want anyone to know that we're not home. Like, that's, that's like, OPSEC that's number op-sec one. one. Yeah. yeah, 101. Yeah, like, just don't states. do it, right? Yeah. Wait till we come back home. And it's, it, it, they've taken that, but some of the other things, just, like, I, I don't get why they have a need to, or feel a need to take a picture around every little thing at every little angle and then post it on the internet. It's like, oh, my God, this is just, like, really bad. So, Yeah. yeah.
2: So I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I actually gave up social media. I think I, I mentioned that maybe about a month ago. And uh, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you guys. Like I thought I was pretty smart about social media, but I, I feel an overwhelming sense of more happiness now that I'm not on it. And I think subconsciously I was comparing myself and some of my circumstances to the people that I follow online. And I was like, oh, man, this is much better not being a part of that and not being on the the, uh, the old death scroll. So even somebody like me that I thought I was completely aware of like the hold that it could possibly have on you, I thought I had it under control. I didn't. I don't think I did. Yeah. Yeah, Well,
0: I think you said it best. Yeah. I think you said it best though, right? It's it's these little echo chambers that you get in and it just keeps feeding your mind and it just magnifies itself even more as opposed to just like, hey, let me go to a bar, hang out with my friends and let's just talk about things. And then you leave the bar and you're kind of done. You're you're you, you kind of go home and you can kind of think about the, your thoughts for the day until the next time you guys get together, which is maybe two weeks, a month or whatever, a quarter. Right. Whereas, you know, you go on a social media and you you, you think about it, you get upset. And then what do you do? Like you, you go back into it because you're you know, you're you're sitting in the backyard, you're not doing anything. You're sitting in the car, you do something. It's just too accessible. And it just—it's—it's it's a magnification box, like you said. It's a—it's a, a huge, 24/7. yeah, yeah. It's a huge echo chamber. And i, I like the idea. I mean, I'm—I'm I'm pretty much giving up on Facebook. Um, I, the only thing I'm watching right now is YouTube, and maybe IG every once in a while, only because you guys force me to use IG. But yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> For our last topic—it'll be a rotating topic every week. This week, we're going to play a game, and you can play along too. The game is to fire up your favorite search engine, which, of course, mine is DuckDuckGo, and search for your birthday month and day, and then add the words Florida Man to the end of it. I'll give you three stories as to maintain OPSEC, and only one of them is actually my true birthday. Uh, Number one.
2: I was doing the same thing. Yeah.
1: Okay, number one. Florida Man rides manatee, dares police to arrest him, gets arrested. (laughs) Number two. Florida man drove 112 miles per hour on shoulder to impress girlfriend. And the last one, number three. Florida man arrested after driving 110 miles per hour
0: while naked with three women in a Cadillac.
2: Hey, that's my
0: Florida man as well. <laughs> <laughs> Must have done that a couple times. <laughs> All right, what, what do you guys got? ahead to go, Glenn. Uh, no, I, I had mine ready, and then now for some reason I can't see where I
2: put that on. Let's go ahead. Okay, uh, let's see. The first one, where is it at? Uh, Florida Man tells Cop that that's what she said after being pulled over <laughs> in question about his bulge. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Florida Man uh, shows off gun, accidentally shoots himself. <laughs> and... uh, uh Florida man chases his son, who was not bathing, uh, with his van. Okay. With his van. Here is one for
0: me. Uh, a couple of Florida man helped U.S. Marine accomplice in California Planned Parenthood bopping. bopping. And then bombing, bombing, oh, bombing, got, okay. bombing, yeah. <laughs> and then man allegedly shot and killed his pregnant transgender boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that's a recent one, Florida though, man, huh? Florida yeah, man. <laughs> um, and then uh Florida man uh claims that uh, he killed a Florida millionaire, so,
2: so weren't yeah. as good Carol as, Baskin's as spicy husbands, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just kind of weird, stupid stuff, so but yeah,
1: and we we shouldn't be biased, there are plenty of Florida women's stories as well, but the whole meme is Florida man,
0: yeah
2: it's there's funny i a, brought that up here chris immediately posted the uh the meme that i had actually seen on twitter yeah <laughs> like i two seconds to later. you guys like months ago in the group chat oh okay but, it, but here's oh, the I thing just missed it uh probably did miss it but the fact that you showed the exact same meme that i had seen like momentarily before on twitter i thought it was interesting yeah it's, it's that Apple device I'm spying on you. Oh, there's a Florida man birthday.org and it has <laughs> this is a website. <laughs> oh, so
1: they actually catalog
0: everything.
2: Just putting, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, Type your birthday. And, you know, when
0: you told us about this, Chris, I, I went in and I said, you know, birthday Florida man. And I guess everybody's trying to capture what happened on their birthday in Florida man. I was like, oh, okay. And I went as far as to go, what happened, you know, on my my exact year. You know, and couldn't oh, okay. find it. But Florida yeah. was predates that, so
2: yeah. All right. How about a man decapitated a hamster and dropped it in a box on the side of the road? That's this so website's dark. gold. I'm gonna be here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: we'll link through to that one for sure. Well, if you didn't know, the reason we have so many awesome Florida man and Florida woman stories is is because of Florida's open record laws. Florida is the third most populous state, so statistically more weird things are going to happen there. Since 1909, Florida has had a proud tradition that all government business is public business and therefore should be available to the public. That means all records, including photos and videos produced by a public agency, are easily accessible with a few narrow and obvious exceptions.
0: Well, that's that's part of the Freedom of Information Act, right? I mean, it's like you should be able to go and look at public records, as a, as any law-abiding citizen should be able to go to, right?
1: Yeah, but I guess it's more open in Florida than it is in other. It's either more open or it's easier to access.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, for a while, you guys, you they used to have these in the newspaper, like all the arrests of everything that the blotter, the police blotter. Yeah. They, yeah. they used to have that in the newspapers, and they I guess you could usually find them in the digital online content for those newspapers. Those newspapers are gone, by the way. But uh, you could typically look at the, the blotters for your city and see. I don't think they'll say exactly who the person is, but they should. you should be able to get some detail inside there.
2: Right. Yeah, you can look up California, man. <laughs> California, some pretty man, crazy yeah. Crazy <laughs> stuff that happens here, too. Uh, yeah. I remember having reading those in the, the, the town newspaper, and I think if you sat there and read that weekly long enough you could see probably some trends with certain people right and just like it's just a matter of time before it, be, it goes from an arrest log to an obituary which it always yeah. inevitably did right well if you live in a small enough town you
0: can go hey that's bob <laughs> i know who that <laughs> is it out. <laughs> oh yeah Joe's right i know long, that Oregon. i know that guy <laughs>
1: We continue to get great comments about our
2: Dad Joke of the Week. Dad Joke of the Week. This week, Brian's up. Ooh. So did you guys hear about the superhero that always worked out? He's Thor. (laughs) Wah, 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 wah.
1: All right, to wrap things up, be careful with corporate data when you're traveling this summer. Military intelligence is not an oxymoron. GCHQ is looking to metadata to stop fraud, and long live the Florida man. Boy. That's all we have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Pevck Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who rated us five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show best way to find us is a search for the pepcac podcast in your favorite podcast listening app my co-host brian Deach and Medina, i'm chris Lloyd. thanks for listening we'll see you all next weekend as always have a nice day
0: bye felicia have a nice day